It's the SportsZilla Show, broadcasting live from the Celtic Harp Studios. This is ESPN Radio Utica, Rome, on 1310 AM Utica, 1350 AM Rome, and now on 96.5 FM with Rain. Hey man, don't even talk to me till I've had my morning coffee. Scoop. One beer, two beers, three beers, shot of whiskey, a margarita, and a bloody Mary. Yay, beer! And the boss, Matt. Could you speak up? I'm not wearing pants. It's boss time! The Sportszilla Show. Your show is amazing. Starts now. Brought to you by Warner Sales and Service. If, if we mentioned the Celtic Car Studios in that, right? And we said thank you to attorney Robert Sawson for sponsoring the phone line, 768-1310, for giveaways or when we have guests on the phone. But we don't today. We have guests in the studio. We, we're glad that this is all worked out. And if you hear a couple of cute kids in the background, it's Brielle and Rip. Those are the junior, the mini coffees. We have two coach coffees in the studio. So it's coffee for three or it's coffee with the dish because I think Gabrielle is a point guard. So she would feed you the rock. Yeah. Say hello, Gabrielle. Hi. Thanks for having me on. Gabrielle is the the women's coach at Herkimer County Community College. And apparently, according to your husband, Sean, who we bring in all the time, head coach of Utica College men's team, uh, you're the better you're the better passer. He's the better shooter. But you know more about basketball than he does. And you've taught him a thing or two from what I hear. Yeah, I, I don't know about knowing more about basketball, but I certainly uh, better as, with the assists for sure. Sean, introduce us uh, to, to your lovely wife. Uh, you've talked about her so much in all of the different hits that you've joined us, either in studio or on the phone. Introduce Central New York to her. Hype her up a little bit. We've done this yeah. before in the podcast, yeah. which I know you've heard about a bit at home. Can I just test one thing out before you respond? Coffee <laughs> for three. She did not roll her eyes this time. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I think we've gotten past that now. Okay. Yeah. Um, no, my wife, Gabrielle Coffee. Um, you know, She's from the Albany area originally. We both went to SUNY Oneonta together at the same time. We actually were both transfers there from other other schools, so we kind of transferred in around the same time, but both graduated in 2006. Uh, her on the women's team, me on the men's team, and we were always just very good friends, And uh, but had this common bond of basketball, and it's kind of, you know, brought us back together, you know, a few years after graduation, after I went, you know, overseas for a little bit, and she was in, in, into coaching herself at place like Ithaca College and uh, and for her father, who's the CBA coach at in, in Albany, uh, CBA High School there. Um, so, yeah, um, and here we are. We're in Utica, New York now with two little kids. Things have gone very quickly, uh, but, you know, she's at HCCC over there and me at Utica College, and uh, it's been great. I've had, had a lot of fun being in this area and raising kids here and, and just being around basketball. The glue guy and I both took some radio TV up there at Herkimer, so we've spent some time yeah. on the hill. I, I was going to mention, um, it's great to be amongst eight triple C grads here in the TV and, and broadcasting. He did. I'm three classes short. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it worked out in the end. It worked out in the yeah, end. I, I'll say, yeah. It's it's great to have you guys both here. Uh, Herkimer, I mean, T- tell me your just your feelings, glue guy, about Herkimer, and you got the women's coach in here. Uh, I loved Herkimer, and it was a really good time for me. It was uh, probably the best schooling I could have ever received, and I know the athletics program up there is great. With you joining the the team, I know that's uh, 
a really great thing for the community and as well as the team. And talk about some of the players that you've um, coached up this year and things that you really like to see. And where the the status of the program right now? What's going yeah. on? Um, so when I took over the program uh, three seasons ago, this I just completed my third season. Um, you know, in a way, it was in shambles. I was the fourth uh, head coach in four years. So anytime that happens, uh, that kind of turnover, it's just going to be tough. Um, so it was a rebuilding effort, but. I was no stranger to uh, rebuilding at this level. This is the third school that I've been at um, in Region 3 for junior college. And, uh, you know, you just have to build off of, uh, you know, its culture, its its expectations, and, of course, you know, getting talented student-athletes. So um, the sophomore class I had this year was my first class that I brought in myself. Um, you know, what the, the student-athlete that really was the foundation is somebody named um, Alexandra DeBetham. She's from Albany. She's a Shaker High School uh, player, student, uh, and she was just one of those kids that um, she didn't say much. She just did what she was supposed to, tough as nails. Um, last year, she had to be a point guard. This year, she was able to go to her true position off the ball, and um, she she showed to be a prolific shooter. How much of it, because I have no idea, I, how much of it is actual coaching basketball and how much is like administrative and, uh, you know, dotting I's and crossing T's and paperwork? The non-fun aspect of the job, yeah. right? Like yeah. if you broke it down into percentages. Oh, geez. Uh, you know, sometimes you wish, yeah, you just got to coach um, because there's so many other things. And, you know, with with um, student athletes today, they have so many things pulling them in d different directions as well, where you're helping them, you know, with academics, with, with personal things. Um, and, you know, I am a certified New York state school counselor as well. So I always tell that and tell that to parents and families in the recruiting process. That's part of it too, is, you know, me helping them go on, but you know, yeah, there's, there's stat entry, you know, we don't have uh, the full-time uh, SID at our school. So oh, like you this know, guy over here, exactly. He's, you know, so spoiled, um, in many <laughs> regards. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, there's there, yeah, there's a lot of things, uh, you know, as far as yeah, stats, uh, making sure there's somebody to do film on away games. Uh, yeah, you're, you're constantly, your head is constantly spinning. And the management of young girls becoming young women is also be, yeah. with a counseling background. That's got to help as well because you've yeah. got to do that. I mean, there's crises that will happen big and small away from the basketball court yeah. outside of the gym. So that's part of the job, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Sean, I, I want to bring you over here now. This is Sean Coffey, the lesser half of the coffee coaching caravan that's in here. Hey, <laughs> Ouch, man. I'm doing it for you. No, no, no. I'm doing it for you, man. I'm doing it for I you. Know. Thank you. No, no. Sean, is, <laughs> Sean always says fantastic things uh, about Gabrielle. But yeah, it's being recorded. That's why. I have, yeah. <laughs> I have to bring the glue guy back into the conversation because yesterday when we had Gary Heenan in here. Why are he, you doing this? Oh, man. Here we go. He here suggested. Go. He suggested that Gary, who just got the Coach of the Year award, is going to start walking through the gym, just just <laughs> displaying that thing, just just to mess with you a little bit. But then he did turn around and say some fantastic things. All kidding aside, yeah. uh, but your season ended against St. John Fisher. Let's get this portion of our conversation mm -hmm. out of the way. It's not how you wanted to end things, but Scoop, we've talked about this, Matt. We've talked about this. You hold your head high. It was a great season. Uh, you've you have 
finally gotten four years of the cycle of all your guys in there and you've built a foundation of a great program, even though you have a lot more help than your mm -hmm. wife does, obviously getting that done. Substantially, yes. But fact remains, it was a great season overall. How are you feeling now that you had a few days to let set, let the dust settle and just reflect a little bit on the season? I'm super proud of these kids. Um, you know, we were in a tough place a year ago. Um, you know, we had had some issues just with personalities clashing uh, together or with myself. Um, you know, we had to go some different directions personnel-wise with some talented young players. And um, to get a Tommy Morial, to get a Brett Talbert, to um, – to get some of these guys to step up to be, you know, going from freshman to sophomore year, which is clearly the biggest jump um, that we have as far as physically, you know, IQ. And no, all look, those no look pass, by the way, in the yeah. studio. No look pass, by the way. Uh, <laughs> Try not of, to miss a beat here. Yeah. Of Rip to Sean to Gabrielle. There you go. <laughs> I did pass, right? You see that? Yeah. They were pretty good. Only, because it's being recorded. Yeah, yeah, that, and only if it looks good, only if it's a no look. So um, nothing simple. But, uh, no, you know, so it's just great kids. I just am so happy with the the level of person that we have in the program. And then, you know, we've talked about it a couple times. You know, we had a lot of, um, we just didn't know, you know, a lot of unknowns going into this season. We didn't know how good Tommy was going to be. So we, we went different directions from people that had major roles last year. Avery Costin, who was our only returning all-league player, tore his ACL in a in a midnight madness type of thing. It was just like, what is going on? And um, for us to kind of weather the storm, and we did some tremendous things, you know, beating Hamilton, I think it's like the third time in 25 years. Uh, we were going through all, recapping all this as a group yesterday as we all uh, kind of took a step back for a little bit. Little bit. But um, it's it was a great group, you know, and it's still going to be a great group. We have two seniors, Ryan Johannes and Justin Strokowskis, who will not be with us next year. And they really wanted to win something huge for them. But to get back to the playoffs for the third time in four years, um, was it was great. And we missed it last year by a spot. And uh, so there's a lot of excitement around the program. There's a lot of just really good things happening, Just just the people that we have involved. And um, we got some good recognition for those efforts. And, um, you know, it's onward and upward, you know. So we're, we'd like to be practicing right now. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm super proud of these guys. You making your 83s in a row like, <laughs> like you do. That's fantastic. Yeah. Blue guy. Talk about what was going on 1230 today at Treble Hall at Utica College. Oh, God. Yes. Yeah. The pies. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we have the heart run walk uh, weekend here. And Utica College, huge part of hosting all the festivities, if you will. So athletics chips in and gets, you know, pie a coach in the face for, you know, to build, you know. Do you sign up for that? I did. You know, I did. There was a little pressure to do it. I had done it in the past at other places, but this is my first time doing it at UC. So, yeah, uh, I had a few pies in the face today. So I still can't get it off. I feel like I got this creamy film all over my face and head right now, <laughs> no matter how many showers I take. But uh, did, um, did Gabrielle... Yeah, you? They stopped. She didn't, but she funded the whole team. Yeah. The team. Uh, yeah. Big comedic Murphy hit me, you know, funded by Gabriel Coffee. And uh, Rip was the first one to get me today. So, yeah, we had fun with it, though. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. It really is. Good. Chronologically, how does your offseason shape up? I mean, you're fresh off the season. When do you get into recruiting? When do what's sort of your timeline and some of the things you have to do now leading up to next season? Well, recruiting's been going on, which is, you know, 
I think pretty unique to winter sports that we need to be, you know, we're at these huge AAU events throughout July and most of the summer trying to identify kids early that could be potential fits. And then we, you know, we have to recruit while we're in season, whether it's visits and most more times than not, it's, we got to so get that's the probably games ongoing constant. That's, that yeah. It doesn't never stop. Ends. So we're getting to that phase now of, you know, some of them are finishing up their high school seasons there's a lot of crying kids on your shoulder, you know, as you're there watching them in their last high school game or two, um, or it's, you know, they're thrilled and, you know, huge wins, huge moments for these kids and their families. But, um, yeah, and then it becomes decision time, you know, coming up in the next few weeks here and can really shape our future, you know, as far as our, our freshman class for the fall and how good we're going to be, you know, in, in a few years as well, you know, keeping quality student athletes here that are going to, Put the time in and look at this as a four-year process. So we are—we've been recruiting. It's not like we're just starting now. That's you know couldn't be further from the truth. But now it's showing our interest on the road. I'll be out, you know downstate tomorrow through the weekend, uh, watching some games. My assistant's going to be out, you know, more doing more Syracuse Western side of the, of the state. So, but that is the—that's uh, the animal that we're dealing with at this time. It's super competitive. And, uh, you know, battling other schools, especially the SUNY schools and, and potential scholarship situations um, that these kids might get because they're that good. And, um, and then convincing them to choose UC. What's it like when you show up at one of these games, you're, you're watching a, a young prospect, and then you see another coach there who's doing yeah. the same thing, looking at the same guy or the yeah. same guys that give you the, are. Give him the stink eye. And, yeah. And get out of here, that's buddy. Got, that's a little odd. You know, you're competing against one another recruiting. Maybe at first, but, you know, the more years you do this, it's like it's a fraternity of coaches. We all know each other. We all know we're going after a certain kid. Are you guys comparing notes? Are you guys talking with each other? Maybe a little bit. Like, do you think this kid's it, any good? It's I, also know. validating yeah. if you're watching a kid who you want to play for you and there's six other coaches sitting yeah. there because you know, wait a minute, okay, I've got my eyes on a good player. It's validating mm-hmm. for you and your observations it of is. him as yeah. well. Uh, this is Sean Coffey, head coach of the Utica College Men's Basketball Pioneers. With his wife, Gabrielle Coffey, in studio today. She is the head coach of the women's team at Herkimer County Community College. Also with their beautiful young children, we've got Rip and Brielle in studio with us today. Outstanding Yankees hat, by the way. Uh, Let's take our first break. We want to keep you guys around for one more segment. When we come back, Scoop will bring us back. But let's let's find out a little bit about Gabrielle's process and and celebrate like uh, our, our buddy Kobe Bryant would do, the women's game, which I know we've talked about it, Sean. You support it. Uh, but it's nice to see others supporting it. And we've got to do that right here in our community. So we'll be right back on the Sports Illustrated Show, ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome, now at 96.5 FM. That's what I call hamburgers. You call hamburgers steamed hams? Yes, it's a regional dialect. Ah, uh, uh, what region? Upstate uh, New York. Really? Well, I'm from Utica, and I've never heard anyone use the phrase steamed hams. Oh, not in Utica. No, it's an Albany expression. The Sports Illustrated Show. Here's Rain, Scoop, and Matt. Joining us today, Sean and Gabrielle Coffey of UC and HCC, uh, respectively, HCCC. H-triple-C, go. go with that. H-triple-C, <laughs> yeah. there you go. Uh, Gabrielle, what are some of the highlights that you would cite in your time at H-triple-C? Yeah, um, you know, last year we had a really rough season as far as um, the adversity we faced. We, I, I got to do the numbers one of these days, but the amount of times we lost by seven points or less, um, we ended up with like five wins. Um, and then, you know, there are a couple forfeits. Some of these programs, sometimes they can't keep 
a full roster all year. So we had some forfeits in there that allowed us to get to get to the regional tournament last year. And then I knew that freshman class was so strong and the way they handled the adversity every day, um, you know, losing by a point, losing by three points, losing by five points. And then they just come back ready to go, ready to go. Um, I knew we'd be okay this year. And that's kind of what it was. That sophomore class was mature. I brought in another group of some talented freshmen um, and we were able to flip that record. So we ended up uh, 19 and six. And some of the things that were, were big for us were sweeping uh, Mohawk Valley Community College uh, this year. I don't know when the last time Herkimer women had beat MVCC. Um, <laughs> we, yeah. we, we just kind of gave a little wink there. Uh, that was a better record than Sean had, by the way, <laughs> by 19 and six compared to yeah. 18 and eight for the season. Oh boy. Go ahead. Yeah. We, yeah, we nice. might've held it I'm with you, together I'm a little with bit. You. At, at one point we had the same records, you know, and, and you know, that happens. It's, it's the way you finish, of course. Um, so we didn't finish quite, you know, our best either. I don't think, you know, the, the loss we had in our regional semifinal game, um, you know, we, Lost to Onondaga Community College, who is typically very strong in our region. Um, they were the two seed. We were the three seed. Um, and we started out very strong, and then we slowly fell apart. And credit to them, they shot over like 40% from three in that game. But, yeah, the the and then we we did knock down a, a team that was ranked, um, I think they were ranked number two in the country at the time. They ended up winning our region, North Country Community College women. Um, and then a big thing for us was we played Niagara uh, community college within six points and they're a scholarship level junior college. So that kind of gave us, uh, you know, a gauge of where we're at program wise. Talk about the MVCC rivalry. I know when I was going to school there for both the men's and the women's um, basketball teams, the campus always got up for those MV games. Yeah, definitely. Um, and that was kind of a shock to my freshmen and well, actually my sophomores too, because they hadn't played MV last year because they had the year where they, they didn't have their program running right. last year yep. because of the violations. Um, so, you know, they hadn't played in that gym yet. And the acoustics are bad. And it's like, you know, you feel like the, the fans are on top of you. They couldn't hear me. It was our second game. And our first game of the season, we played on the road at Clinton Community College in Plattsburgh with probably three fans in the bleachers. And then all of a sudden they're in MV in that box of noise and they can't hear me. And it was actually, it was a great women's game to watch. Um, you know, and it came down to a couple shots at the end. They're, they're, um, one of their kids hit a three to tie it. And then one of my freshmen came down and hit a three, which was the, ended up being the winner. Um, and then, you know, at our place, it was, it was, uh, you know, same type of atmosphere, I would say. But, but I think our gym just, you know, it fits a little bit more people. It feel it doesn't feel like, you know, they're on top of you. But, yeah, both, uh, you know, even on the men's side of things, you know, they're always going to be good games. And uh, the students love it. And we do a good job at Herkimer. Our coaches, the other coaches, um, my colleagues do a really good job of, you know, promoting, supporting within the program. So, you know, a lot of times we'll have the softball team, the baseball team. They'll all be there cheering us on, which is really nice. Yeah, that's fantastic. MV men's team also had a really good season. Are they still yeah. playing? I'm not even 100% yes. sure on that. Yeah, so um, they're, yeah, they won, ended up winning the region. <clears throat> and then, um, you know, they'll they'll play on. They go right. You win our region, you go right to the national tournament. Did you guys, I'm going to ask you both collectively, we're going to talk about this a little bit more tomorrow, but it's been a story that's been ongoing. He's over 5 million views 
But Jackson State student manager hit a three-pointer, a ridiculous three-pointer. And apparently he's a pretty good shooter. His name is Thomas Snacks Lee. And he reminded me of if you took Comedric and just squished him down from 6'8 to 6 feet tall. It just kind of what he looks like, just the body build and everything like that. But it was a glorious moment. And it just, I mean, you're not even... 7 million views. Is it 7 million now? It was 5 million as of last night. I mean, it's ridiculous. But everybody has just been, I want more snacks. And it's just a great thing for the game of basketball. Even if you're not a basketball fan. Like, it's a Good Morning America type of thing where everybody sees it. And I I just, just laugh as basketball coaches, as basketball fans, how great that was. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, basketball itself kind of, you know, you... It lends itself to, you know, these moments, to be honest. Sean Coffey passed for a second another, time. Another pass, yeah. <laughs> um, but we were, you know, it's such a visual sport. You know, there's only 10 people on the floor at any given time. You can see their faces. You can see the emotion, the, re- the reaction. And they're um, not hiding behind a helmet Right, like you know, I think that's, and there's just less people. And it's a more, you know, visual environment. You know, you're just closer to the silence. I think it just lends itself to pretty cool moments like that. And especially if, you know, if there's other teams, you know, you see some of these other moments, you know, especially in high school basketball where, you know, these kids get a chance to go make a basket and they're kind of, you know, all part of of that moment. And it's pretty cool, you know, outside of just winning championships and buzzer beaters. There was a kid in the name slips me that was in a car accident and it's been getting a lot of press. Do you know what I'm talking about? And they put him in the game. Yeah, the Vermont kid. I forget his name, and we got to make sure we look that up during the break, and we'll make sure we put that out there. But stuff like that, it's just it's so inspiring. But there, there's always so much underlying. Uh, there's so many underlying things that help to galvanize a team, and sometimes you don't know what that's going to be. But it's not just those those guys in the rotation or those girls in the rotation. There's so many important pieces to a team atmosphere behind the scenes. You mentioned your colleagues or your assistant coaches. It's just an important aspect of building a program, and you need that. It's a foundation for it, really. We'll let Gabrielle talk on that first, and then, Sean, you can too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, there there are so many things that go into it, and, you know, at, at a place like Herkimer, you know, the what the athletic director does, you know, Donald Dutcher, he's been there um, for a while now, and the support that I, I get from him um, – you know, it's hard. It's hard as a coach. Sometimes you you're pulled in so many directions and sometimes, you know, you're questioning yourself as as seasons go on. And, and um, especially the first year I had like six injuries. I had three girls get surgery uh, my first year when maybe we would have been OK. Um, so, you know, it is it is important to get that support. Um, you know, this year I had, you know, not a not a moment that I'd love to, uh, you know, share much, but you know, I had a moment where I had a game and I got two technicals. And then the next game I asked the softball coach, can you come on and help my assistant? And he was there, you know, ready right away. And, and, um, you know, those are the things. And then the girls kind of played up for that. You know, they're, they're kind of using that as a way to, you know, motivate them. And, and I think, you know, even the Kobe Bryant situation, you know, I got my girls purple socks, you know, going down the stretch, um, you know, play for something, play for something bigger than yourself. Yeah, connected them. Go ahead, Sean. I'd love to hear your your comments on this too. I just, I think a lot of it just comes down to the type of people you have in your program, you know, as far as foundation and just their work ethic. Um, and, you know, the, the recruiting process is almost like an interview process. Sometimes um, you can't really get the full, you know, information on someone. Everyone's going to put their best foot forward, you know, whether it's an interview, whether they're being recruited, you know, 
Um, so you really have to do your homework. You got to call high school coaches. You got to call people that are, have been involved with their upbringing, you know, the type of foundation they're coming from to add to yours. So, uh, it's, it's so important to have good self-sacrificing kids. And, um, I think she has them for sure. You know, as seeing her program build at Herkimer would just, you know, you know, they come over the house, they're just good kids, you know, they're having fun, they're enjoying themselves. Um, seeing them on the bench, you know, in big wins together. And then you get the same feel from our kids too, you know, no matter what their playing time or role at that moment, they feel like they are part of something bigger than themselves. And that's, and that's ultimately, you know, getting them ready for society and life after basketball, after college to be, to add to whatever they're doing, to have a career, to have a family um, and not be about me, me, me all the time. So um, it's it hard. Never, though. It it's never hard. really is. That's a no, tough lesson to learn in life. <laughs> Sportzilla show, ESPN Utica, Rome. Sean, I want to ask you about some of those moments this year, this season for your team where the team uh, bonded, galvanized over a, a game or a situation. A couple of those moments for you this past season. We definitely had a few. Um, you know, the narrative for us for a couple of years now is we've been getting down double-digit points. Um, we did it in the in this uh, semifinal game and just come storming back, these huge runs to come back. Um, we've been trying to figure out w- what it is that gets us into these situations, but um, the fight that they have, you know, being down 17 in a semifinal game against a bigger, older team – and to go up three, you know, with five, six to go. Um, so we rally around those moments. You know, those are something, things we, we talk about a lot. I mean, I'll be honest, the Kobe ish, uh, just everything involving Kobe Bryant was something that um, made us look at each other differently. You know, just the, the finality of that and like, is this really happening? And even a month later, two months later, it's like, cannot believe that happened and you know being around the sport that you know made him so famous to these kids um and everyone has that to look at but um you know but just seeing them get around each other you know such a tragedy and uh you know definitely I just saw the work ethic and and just the effort daily go up after that um but yeah I mean I think they love each other these guys and you know, we talk a lot about it. It's going to end at some point. Someday there's going to be no practice. And we've had those, you know, everyone's going to lose unless you're a national champion, you know, to finish your year. Um, you know, and every year after that last game, that last loss, I, I in the gym the next day and I hear the balls bouncing. I'm in my office. Guys are crushing weights now. And that's great. But we were talking a lot about, like, don't wait until it's over to give forth all this great effort. Now you're going to get in the gym. Now you're going to get in the weight room on your own when you have the ability to do that right now before that moment. So, um, and that kind of was a kind of a rallying cry that, you know, let's do what we can now. So, um, but just, you know, awesome kids. Awesome to have you guys. Gabrielle and Sean Coffey, HCCC women's coach. That's Gabrielle. Sean is the men's coach at Utica College for the Pioneers. We want you guys to stop back in again. You got to keep us updated. I know you're going to be back out recruiting some more. It's a pleasure to talk to you both. Thanks for bringing uh, the little coffees in here too, Brielle and Rip. Thanks for having them. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Thank you for having us on. It's a pleasure. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to talk some soccer next, actually. The general manager of Utica City FC, Tommy Tanner, 
Not only going to talk about some soccer, but probably a conversation about wings. It's next on the Sports Hill Show, ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome, now at 96.5 FM. It's the Sports Hill Show con Rainman, Scoopy Matt, en ESPN Radio Utica, Roma. 13.10 AM Utica, 13.50 en Roma, y ahora en 96.5 FM. Con el gerente general de FC de Utica City, Tommy Tanner. It's the Sports Zilla Show with Rain Man, Scoop and Matt, on ESPN Radio Utica, Rome. 1310 AM Utica, 1350 AM Rome, and now on 96.5 FM. With Utica City FC General Manager Tommy Tanner. I'm sorry, can, can you just make sure that I have access to some audio because... Sure. Tommy Tanner. Tommy Tanner is here, Tommy Tanner. Uh, you just got back from Mexico, General Manager Tommy Tanner of Utica City FC. Dude, I was telling these guys, Tommy, uh, you know, we've talked before and, and whatnot and just what a fun person you are. And the opening of the podcast we did a while back, talking about Utica City FC, actually started out with like seven minutes on chicken wings. I love chicken wings. <laughs> I know you do. And for those that don't know the history, Tommy owned uh, an, an establishment that, well, served adult beverages and wings. And Tommy has mastered the craft of making chicken wings. And I wanted the guys to hear your explanation before we talk about any soccer and the experience in Mexico about how to make the perfect chicken wing. But we have we have actually a little something for you in preparation for that. Hola, Tommy Tanner. ¿Tienen esas de pollo en México? Hello, Tommy Tanner. Did you have some chicken wings in Mexico? I did not, actually. I had a bunch of burritos. We saw the post, though, of, of you at a place that serves wings. Yeah, they didn't serve. That was like 8 o'clock in the morning, so they didn't serve until noon. So they actually, did all the restaurants there in the airport were, was, was called wings. So then let me just share this with you. De acuerdo, Tommy Tanner, por favor describe cómo hacer el ala de pollo perfecta. Okay, Tommy Tanner, please describe how to make the perfect chicken wing. Give it to us, bud. It is 16 to 17 minutes fried hard. You got to fry them for 16 or 17 minutes and then Frank's Red Hot with Whirl. That's simple. That's simple. But any more or any less, and it is not the perfect chicken wing. I think 17 minutes is the perfect chicken wing. Specific kind of oil? No, I don't think so. That doesn't really Pretty matter? Pretty much any oil, I believe so. Regular vegetable oil. Okay. Are you a flats or a drumsticks guy? I'm both. I like them both. Yeah. yeah. Yep. They got to be jumbo, though. You can't, you, you go to some of these bars and they get the, the pigeon wings and uh, the sparrow wings, and you just, that's, you can't eat a sparrow wing. Because you cook a sparrow wing for 17 minutes and it's going to be. There's nothing left. There's nothing left. How great was the experience to head down to Mexico to play the Sonora Soles? And who was the hometown boy? Uh, Christian Segura. Yeah, I mean, what a great experience. And I, and I followed along on Utica City FC social media. It just what a great, first of all, what a great bonding experience for the team to be able to go do this. Yeah, it was, it was incredible. I mean, Christian actually, uh, you know, he ordered 39 Segura jerseys that we brought down there with him, and he actually had 100 tickets for the game. So he had, he had over 100 people there for for him in Utica City. It was it was great. When we scored a goal, I mean, there was cheering in, in Mexico. Yeah, you won the first game, lost the second game. Just give us a general overview of the two games. Start with the win. Let's start with that first. Well, the win was win was incredible. I mean, I've, I don't think I've ever been in a game where, you know, we went back and forth. We scored, they scored, we scored, they scored. The first six goals, it was 6-6. Six, six. And then we finally took a two-goal two lead to go ahead 8-6. But that didn't last long. They scored four in a row to go up 10-8. And, uh, 
you know, we were able to get the next three, you know, two on power plays right near the end and thought we had the game one at 11-10 with, uh, you know, Bo scored a great power play goal with 30 seconds to go. Um, but that was short-lived 14 seconds later. They scored. Place went crazy. And we went to overtime and, uh, you know, a minute into overtime, Liam, uh, you know, they had a handball in the box. They didn't call it. Rolled right out to Liam and Liam uh, finished with a, with a volley. And then all the shirts came off. And then Lee, uh, Liam was the one that was mic'd up too, right? No, Nate was Nate was the one that was, was Nate Bordeaux up. that was mic'd up. up. Do yeah. that more. Do that more. We've been talking about how in Major League Baseball through the exhibition season, they've been micing up the players. I mean, that is the access and the content that, that people want. It was it was such a cool experience to hear what's going on down on, on the on the pitch during a match. Yeah, it, it was interesting and it was funny. Nate speaks Spanish to the you know, Bueno to when when Moy scored or whatever, and then good goal when an American guy scored. Yeah, so, it was yeah. it was fantastic. So then the the next game didn't go so well. You fell behind, but you storm back, you know. Yeah, the, ne- the next game, you know, it was tough, you know, obviously going to Mexico and, and playing two games. Playing one game in Mexico is difficult. Playing two, we, you know, we thought we were ready, but we didn't start out well. We're down 3 nothing, uh, you know, a minute and a half in on, on some just some mistakes that we made. And, uh, you know, we, we tried to fight our way back, but it was it was difficult. They're, they're you know, they're a much better team than, than they were earlier in the season. They have added five players from other teams, five Mexican players from other teams. Uh, who haven't been able to get some visas? So, um, you know they, you know they're a very good team. It was the fastest game we played all year. It was exciting. It was fun. Um, you know the refereeing, the second game wasn't the greatest. I didn't think, but uh, you know that's we we just put, dug ourselves too big a hole. But you know getting a split, going to Mexico and playing two games, getting a split. That's what you know. At the end of the day, that's you know worst case scenario is getting is getting one, and we did it. Tommy Tanner, general manager of Utica City FC, here with us on the Sports Illustrated Show, ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome, now 96.5 FM. Tommy Tanner. Tommy Tanner, you're close to the playoffs and clinching. Yeah, we're uh, our magic number, I believe, is two. It, it could be, one, you know, if uh, Harrisburg plays Baltimore on Saturday, if Harrisburg were to win, and then we win Sunday against KC, we, we, we clinch a playoff spot. Give us a few of the takeaways of, of the trip. Uh, just uh, some things outside of, of playing the game. And when did you guys get there? Yeah, yeah. Run us, take us through the experience. You know, in, in yeah, the travel just sounds like it's uh, got to be tricky. Traveling I mean, internationally, yeah, to go play a soccer game, it's a little different than the normal travel of the team. Even if it's St. Louis, it's just different. So we we leave. We, so we get we we own uh, two 12 passenger vans that the team has. So we take those. We leave at 6 p.m. at night. We take the two 12 passenger vans to. Uh, to JFK, we drive to JFK for a uh, one fifty a.m. flight. Wow! So we get there about eleven. The bags, you know, they charged us for the bags to go from JFK to Guadalajara. And then they charge us for the bags to go to Guadalajara to whatever. But we get in. Uh, we're supposed to get in at uh, like seven thirty a.m. and then the flight has out at eleven. But as we get to JFK, they tell us our seven thirty a.m. flight is canceled. Oh! And the next flight is at four thirty. Wow. So we fly out, we get into Guadalajara at 7 a.m. And uh, and then we have from 7 a.m. until uh, 4.30 till our next flight. That was a little bit of a pita, if you know what I mean, a pain yeah. in the... Yeah, I think it was it was intentional. I think the Sonora team did that intentionally. Uh, yeah, I'm just kidding. No, man, I'm with <laughs> you on that. I'm with you on that. So, um, but but it was, uh, you know, we had a good time. It was Obasi says to tell someone that there's no restaurants upstairs. So we stay at the Wings place from like 7.30 in the morning until... We can't check our bags at 1230. We check the bags at 1230. We go upstairs and there's like 100 restaurants upstairs. In Come the airport. on. Yeah. So we spent, we spent 
spent eight hours, five hours at one place, and then we go upstairs and there's all these restaurants. So, uh, Obasi's information wasn't very good. Yeah, I guess it was faulty <laughs> to say the least. That's funny. So you're going to get some home cooking. You know, you're you're, you're back uh, in the odd uh, this weekend, this Sunday, the Sunday afternoon game, which is, you know, uh, it's like a tradition around here. You know, everybody loves these games, and you get that crowd rocking and. and it's here. It's home, you know, and you get to try to clinch that playoff here at home. Yeah, well, listen, soccer Sundays in Utica have been unbelievable. And, uh, you know, the people look forward to it when there's not a Sunday soccer game. You you get the emails, you get the texts, you get the Twitter things. And, uh, you know, we're so excited that the, the city has just, uh, you know, taken us in. And uh, it's awesome on Sunday. You've created something fantastic with what you've built here. Obviously, you're the guy behind finding the players, building these rosters. So we're going to have you talk about that when we come back from a quick break. And, of course, a little bit more about the fans who, as you said, really make this experience unique in MASL. It's Tommy Tanner with us here on the Sports Illustrated Show, ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome, now at 96.5 FM. It's the Sports Illustrated Show with Rainman, Scooby Matt, and ESPN Radio, Utica, Roma. 13 a.m. Utica, 13.50 in Roma. Y ahora en 96.5 FM, con el gerente general de FC de Utica City, Tommy Tanner. It's the Sports Zilla Show with Rain Man, Scoop and Matt, on ESPN Radio Utica, Rome, 1310 AM Utica, 1350 AM Rome, and now on 96.5 FM, with Utica City FC General Manager Tommy Tanner. Dos cervezas, por favor. See, uh, <laughs> Tommy Tanner, GM of UCFC, here with us. And 2 p.m. Sunday, it's Kansas City. Tell us what you're facing in that team on Sunday. Well, they got they got um, Leo Gibson, who's their head coach and uh, target forward, uh, probably one of the top two in, in the league at, as and goals, I'm guessing. And uh, you know, he doesn't come out the field much. You know, he he he's on when they're on offense, he's on the field, uh, and when he's on defense, he's off the field. But uh, they're very Kansas City's very explosive. They're probably the best counterattacking team in the in the league, in my opinion. They get forward very quickly on on change of possession. So you know we need to, we need to be able to keep possession. And uh, you know they're not great going the other way defensively, um, but they're very good going forward. So we're looking forward to a you know a, probably a high scoring game. Talk about some of the additions that you've made and maybe subtractions uh, to accent the the roster this year to give Ryan Hall the, the tools, the weapons that he needs for success this season. I know you put a lot of work into it. Yeah, there was, I mean, uh, you know, obviously we, we lost, we lost a few players and, and some very good players in Slavisa and, you know, Joey Tavernisi. Sure. And, uh, I got to believe there's more, you know, and, and there Lucio was a few Gonzaga more. and, yeah. uh, but no, we, we, we've, we've gained, you know, Christian Segura, who's, you know, to me, you know, is, is one of the up for it, probably MVP of the league and what he's done. He went from not playing at all in San Diego to, you know, you know, our leading scorer and just just the engine behind it all. And, you know, Moises Gonzalez and Ricardo Diegas and, uh, you know, hopefully soon, uh, you know, uh, Diego Zonigo will be here. And, uh, you know, we've added James Togba in the back, Onawana Bossi in the back. And, you know, our, our, our we kept our mainstays, which, you know, in the back, you got, you, got, you know, Jake and Toby and Dom, you know, guys that have been here for seven and eight years. So we have experience and we brought in, a, you know, it brought in a good mix and they've, they've mixed well. I think that trip to Mexico really is going to help us, you know, in the long forward in terms of bonding. Yeah, there's a, a definite Syracuse Silver Knights foundation with Utica City FC. Some dependable guys that you always have as as that structure to build around. 
it's just so much fun. But I wanted you to comment a little bit more about the amazing fan base for Utica City FC. Every player, Ryan Hall, we've talked about it before. It's just an electric atmosphere. It's a lot of fun to go to. It is very different than the hockey you experience at the ABC, whether it be with the Comets or Utica College. But it's it's exceeded all expectations. I mean, these fans are rabid and amazing in the support for this team. No, they're terrific. I mean, we have 21 season, 2,100 season ticket holders, which is, you it's know, it's, it's, it's probably triple, quadruple any, any one in the league. And, uh, you know, I mean, I, I think they look forward to it. I think our staff actually looks forward to it because it's a little bit different than what they've been doing. Yeah. And they have, they have a little more leeway, you know, in, in terms of, you know, things we can do to, you know, to, to – you know, spin the needle a little bit farther. And, uh, you know, I mean, I think the fans like it. The players absolutely love coming and playing, you know, visiting teams. And our fans are, you know, they're they're into the game. And and uh, they know the game. They do know the game. And, we, you know, we don't play any music when the game's going on, unlike some other places in the league. Um, but, but you know, I think that brings about uh, the passion that they have. And yeah. they're, and they're you know, they get on the other play, on the other teams, you know, really good. Yeah. I love it. I've definitely noticed that a little bit. Hey, yeah, Scoop, uh, how about Joe Roberts for full-time PA? Well, how about that? Everybody was talking about that the other day. He, he's great at it, you know, but he now that he's a new dad, I don't know how much time he has for that in addition to all his other duties, but uh, he's fantastic at it. It's very funny. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, Joe did a great job. And Joe, and Joe, Joe does a good job with, with everything he does, and uh, whether it's – whether it's he running on the field with the flag or, you know, beating the drum or, you know, or, or broad, you know, play by, no, actually, what is it? Broadcaster, right? Public, public address. Public announcer. address. Now he did a great job. Last thing I want to ask, ask you real quick is, you know, you've done a great job constructing this team, but how about the Ryan Hall doing a fantastic job as the head coach? Right. As you know, because you're familiar from Syracuse Silver Knights days, but he's just, he's just getting better and better and better all the time. Yeah, I mean just like me as a general manager, I learn as we go along. Ryan is getting better and better and uh you know, he's made some really tough decisions this year this year and I think he's you know he's made the right decision in every case. It's not always the most popular decision with the with the players, but you know, I I think he's made all the right all the right moves, you know, the wins that we've had. A lot of them are 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 key key moves he made at halftime adjustments and uh you know, they they've they've come off and you know, so far so good. We know you love the chicken wings, Tommy Tanner. I, if I, I promise I'll get you some wings. We come back and hang out with us again. I love talking to you. I was telling these guys how much fun you are just rapping about soccer and hyping up Utica City FC. Is that a deal? It's a deal. All right. That's Tommy Tanner, general manager, manager of your favorite soccer team, Utica. This is the Sportzilla Show, ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome, now 96.5 FM. And, yes, there will be a podcast out soon that we can share.